Why am I, everybody? This is JC, and I'm back with you guys on Polyzara's. I'm hoping everyone had a really good. I had a really good week too, and it was a. I want to say it was a gratifying week. And I just want to do a quick shout out to Neil's Ace Home Center back in American Samoa. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, getting my parents their TV, delivering it, installing it. That was uh, me and my siblings' 30th year anniversary gift to my parents, and they're loving it right now because I was just tired of, you know, video chatting with my family back home. And every time I would video chat with them, there's this little TV in this big, huge living room, and it's like, what is that? Um, you guys need a bigger TV. And, um, you know, it just kind of pained me that mom and dad had to keep wearing, like, their eyeglasses to, like, watch TV. So, you know, they, they needed an upgrade. And with this pandemic and everything, we can't travel all the way over there to celebrate their um, 30th anniversary. So, I mean, thanks again, Neil Day's Home Center. Check them out. They got some good sales going on. I know everyone got their stimulus checks, so check them out. Back in Pongo, American Samoa. Anyways, I have a guest uh, today with me. Um, she's a, I don't, I've only met her like once or twice, uh, but she's a really cool, uh, man, this, this is a wonder woman I got on my podcast right now. <laughs> and if you, if you've tuned in on Village Made Podcast, that's another great podcast, by the way. If you've tuned in with them on YouTube, they've had her recently and you got to check it out. Now I have the, I have the opportunity to have her on my podcast, Polly's Arts. And before we do that, I just wanted to share something that Village Made Podcast um, recently shared on Instagram. And I thought it was very, I thought it was very empowering because, you know, as a Polynesian, it kind of gives me pride. It gives me motivation um, just in about everything that I'm trying to do. And it can for everyone else. So what they had posted was, quote, we living in a society that's scared of our potential. It's our time to rise up together. That, that right there is something that we need to remind ourselves every day as a Polynesian community. I mean, you see the black folks rising up, you see the white folks, eh, yeah. and you see the Asians, you know, they're rising up too. I mean, what's their poly community? I mean, we, we got to get on the move here. And it's podcasts like Village Made Podcasts that I really look up to, you know. Motivation, inspiration, everybody. And today we're going to get more of that from Felicita Ika. How are you doing, girl? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited to have you on here. Um, I When I uh, saw you on Village Made Podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, they, they snatched her before I even could. But I mean, not the point, but I thought it, I thought it was great. Uh, it was very, it was very moving personally it was moving for me because you know you 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 touched on a lot of key points just as a polynesian woman you know um to be strong in in the type of world that we live in the things that we we do especially for us who are ambitious in this world you know nothing nothing should be stopping us um but lorraine my cousin lorraine (laughs) was the one who reached out to me first about you to have you on my podcast. <laughs> and she texted me this long text message that was saying, you did this, you did that, you do this, you do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Feli does all that? <laughs> I, I thought it was mind-blowing. But Feli, please um, introduce yourself to our listeners, what you do for a living, um, you know, what what kind of heritage you uphold and just tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so like Josie said, my name is Felicita Ika, and I am Tongan, but I was born in Kahuku, Hawaii, and raised in Provo, Utah. Um, so I'm the oldest of five siblings. And I teach high school. I'm a special education teacher at Lone Peak High School. And I'm an assistant girls basketball coach at Lone Peak. And I am the club advisor for the Polynesian Club at Lone Peak High School. 
So just forever trying to grow up and having fun um, teaching and getting to work with the youth. Excellent. Man, you're so you're heavily, you're very heavily involved in with with the youth. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. With the teenagers, I want to say. Yeah. So at our high school, we have 10th through 12th grade. Okay. Yeah. Um, so are there a lot of are there a lot of Polynesians in that high school in that in that area that you teach? No, there aren't. Um really? Peak High School is located in Highland, Utah. Um it's like close to American Fork um and Lehigh area. And it's uh-huh. it's a wealthier area, but it's predominantly white in that area so I probably have um about 25 kids that identify themselves as Pacific Islander at Lone Peak um but in our club there's about 12 that are active and like super like excited about it and love learning about their culture and sharing their culture wow how long have you um how long have you guys had this club, Philly? Uh this is the first year. So I've been coaching at, I've coached at Lone Peak for um I think I just finished my fifth, fifth or sixth year, fifth year. But this is my first year teaching at Lone Peak. So oh, wow. we just started the club this year. And it was really cool because um I have known some of the Polynesian kids at Lone Peak um just who they are and in passing um like I've met them before and we've had small conversation um but when they found out that I was teaching there the first day of school there was like a group of six girls that like ran to my classroom and they were like can we start a Polynesian club? We need to start a Polynesian club. Can you be our advisor? (laughs) And I was (laughs) so excited because I had just come from Provo High where there are almost 100 Pacific Islander kids. And I got to teach the people of the Pacific class there. And it is my favorite class to teach. It It is my favorite thing. So leaving Provo High was really hard for me. Um... It was a little easier to be at Lone Peak just because I was coaching basketball there and I love my basketball family there. But it hit different when there were these Polynesian kids coming and wanting to start something and wanting to share their culture and wanting to learn more. So that was really exciting for me. Oh, that is exciting, especially... um especially in a school where it's dominantly white and not that very many Pacific Islanders. Um, Not much diversity at all, actually. Oh, really? um, I believe it's 97% white population at Lone Peak High School. I feel like that's just Utah in general. (laughs) (laughs) That's what people tell me. But people don't know Provo is pretty diverse. I think sometimes people just think of Provo and they think BYU and automatically Mm -hmm. just think. But it's been so fun being here in Provo as long as we have and seeing how diverse it's becoming and to be surrounded by so many cultures. So, but yeah, most people think that about Utah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I I feel like uh, people like me say that a lot because um you know we're not we're not really these aren't this isn't where we grew up in <laughs> and just coming just coming from places where it it is more diverse yeah. uh, it's it's very different here I feel like um, if you're not white you're brown if you're not brown you're white. Um, <laughs> And I only see the majority are just Hispanics, white people, and a ton of Polynesians. <laughs> so many Polynesians here in Utah. But hey, I think I think that's I think that that was um, 
I think that that was important that you mentioned about those girls when they heard that you were there, that they actually ran to your classroom <laughs> and approached you and, and wanted to uh, start a poly club. Um, it's, I feel like it's things like that, you know, where the youth, where they yearn for, you know, some, for people, for teachers or for people of, our kind you know to be, a, to be around to guide them to teach them and to even have someone around is just kind of like a gem to them and that's exactly what happened to them the day they um, ran over to you to want a uh, poly club um so I want I want to ask you like what makes you so what makes you so uh how do I say it what makes you so passionate about teaching you know, the Pacific culture in where you're at, in the high school that you're at, at least to your students who are in the poly club, what makes you so passionate? Like, where does this passion come from? Um, I think it just started from my upbringing. Um, culture has always been an important thing in our home and in our family. Um, and we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So um, obviously my parents, um, that was top priority in our family and in our home. And they did their best to incorporate our Tongan culture and our Polynesian culture um, while teaching us those values and those principles. And honestly, I think they go hand in hand. Um like culture is huge in our culture. I mean, uh, respect is huge in our culture. Um, family is huge. Um, loyalty. Um, so like, there's just a lot of things that go hand in hand and they just support each other. And so, and I think it was really important for my parents to help my siblings. And I remember that even though they brought us here to America so that we could have um, better opportunities and um, do more with our lives that we never forget um, where we come from um, and where everything started. And so I think just that upbringing and always having that instilled in me, it just as I got older, it was always like an easy thing for me to share with people or um, like I've always just been proud of my heritage and my culture because it's who I am. And I just strong, like I feel like I learned from experience and throughout life that the more I understood and knew who I was, the easier it, it it was for me to um, stand out in society or to just go anywhere and have confidence. And so because that was so such a huge thing for me in my life, I just always wanted to share that with kids. Like just anything that I learned or anything that was important to me, I wanted to share with kids. Um, and when I was in junior high and in high school, I was fortunate enough to have two Polynesian counselors um, at the schools oh. that I went to. Yeah, which is very rare. Like, it's not often you see that. So in junior high, I started with Mr. Ayu, um, and then he eventually came to Provo High. Um, and stayed with me throughout all of high school. And then um, in high school, I think it was my junior year, um, Mrs. Taua had moved to Provo and became a counselor at Provo High as well. And before that, I didn't really have um, Pacific Islander educators um, to look out for me or to look up to. And it was like a night and day difference when I was blessed to have them as my counselors. And I noticed that my confidence in school to 
speak up, to stand out more, um, to not be afraid to ask questions or get the help that I needed was strengthened just by having them there because I knew that someone would always have my back. And it was also comforting for my parents because they wanted the best for my siblings and I, but they didn't always know what to do or who to turn to. And so they just provided a lot of confidence and support throughout my education journey and the education journey of my siblings as well. And so um, just having that difference and seeing that deep difference motivated me that I wanted to provide that for other Pacific Islander kids so that they could reach their potential and know that there's always someone there fighting for them and looking out for them. Um, Cause it's hard. It's hard to go through that when you don't, you don't, you don't, you feel like you don't have that support. And I mean, unfortunately we have had some negative experiences with some educators that just saw us as troublemakers or not smart enough, but I'm so grateful for Mr. Ayu and for Mrs. Taua and for their example of being role models in my life and just supporters to help me see more of myself and then go out and reach it. So that's kind of like a brief, I don't know, of my passion and what I hope I can provide for kids, especially Pacific Islander kids. I think um, I think it's important. I think that's important that it's because you had that kind of grounding um, and guidance uh, growing up that you had, especially having those two uh, Polynesian Pacific Islander counselors Mm -hmm. in your high school years, because high school years are like crucial for everybody. That's where like we start to either you mature or not (laughs) not in high school. That's true. That's the the way I see it. And I, I totally, I really understand the way you talk about like how it helped boost your confidence, how you were able to um, have that, um, have that support help strengthen you in your studies to help speak up more, to stand out more. Because um, I mean, I feel like it's like that for, for any, for any place, not just school. <laughs> I know for myself, like when I, like when I step into like a new workplace or a new environment, mm. when when you hear there's there's somebody Polynesian somewhere or in that place, you just kind of like you you feel better. I know I do. I I feel better like if someone says, "Oh yeah, there's someone." Like, "Oh yeah, they're Tongan." You just kind of feel better like, "Oh, there's somebody that you kind of you can kind of connect yeah. with." That you know, um, and. I, I get that too, where you kind of say where some some people sometimes look at us at sometimes we're just troublemakers <laughs> or we're not smart enough or we don't understand enough, you know, <laughs> like it's that stereotype thing that, and it still happens today, Absolutely. which I kind of I I find uh, struggling at times, you know, when I walk into some offices just to do some you know some business stuff and it's like or even in emails and my email is i mean you definitely can tell it's it's a polynesian person with my email um, address but you know in like for those types of things i always feel like sometimes when i ask a question and and there is no dumb question you know (laughs) i mean i'm not gonna know how to do something or where to go if I don't have that one question answered. But it's like when I ask a question, just for instance, sometimes I'll get a response back where it's like they answer in a way where they're like belittling me or (laughs) they answer in a way where like, do you not know, you know, about this? Or do you, I mean, you know, like, like I'm incompetent with with the kind of responses that they give and it's still a struggle today and I, I I feel for I feel for the youth too because I know that they're they're the ones that go through it um worse the way I see it I feel like they go through it worse than we do especially in school mm. 
when you talk about that, I I feel like it's reassuring. It's reassuring, like how it was for your parents. Yeah. When when they knew you had those two counselors, I feel like it's reassuring that you're somebody in this uh, particular profession that's around kids who have the same background as us <laughs> that they can look up to for guidance and have that same boost of confidence and um, strength in their studies. Um, but I definitely love that that's why you're so passionate about it. It's You're pretty much giving back to the Polynesian community with what you're doing, which I think is great. It's it's why we have people like you on the podcast. <laughs> you're so kind. That's That's the goal. That's what I'm hoping. What? So tell me, like, are these these Paul these few Pacific Islander kids? Are they? And you're a teacher. Yeah. Now just just share with me how you feel us and our me and my listeners, our listeners. But tell me, how do you feel about our Pacific Islanders that are born and raised here? Because although you weren't born here, Philly, you were raised yeah. here. What's that? What has that been like for you? Because I've been, I I'm not raised in the states, <laughs> but I'm raised in the islands. But it's definitely I want to hear from your perspective what it's been like. Okay, awesome. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity that I've had to been raised here in Provo. Um, I can think of multiple experiences. Um, like growing up, um, being told that I like acted too white or that I was too palangi or I wasn't like real Tongan or Tongan enough for certain people. Um, and I'm, I'm just grateful that for me personally, it never, like, it never bugged me. Like, I would get annoyed and mad and just be like, oh, great. Someone else has something smart to say about <laughs> me not being Tongan enough or um, acting a certain way or acting too white. Um, like, it would annoy me and I would get mad when they would say it, but it never affected my self-esteem or my confidence or, like, my pride of being Tongan and being Polynesian. Um, But I, like, I have seen some um, Polynesian kids who have grown up here who it does affect. And, um, like, I remember um, going to BYU-Hawaii and, um, like when I was around the Tongans. So I had a bunch of first cousins who went to BYU Hawaii with me on my mom's side. And a few of them were from Donga. And um, so like they had introduced me to all their friends from Donga. And um, like later my cousins were like, oh yeah, my friends that you met, they were like, wow, why does your cousin talk like a white girl? <laughs> and, hey, and I would just like be smart and joke back and be like oh by white girl you mean like why is my English so proper <laughs> <laughs> you know like I just learned to like kind of just try to joke it off or like the sass yeah. back but um, like it just got me thinking more like really what is the standard for being Tongan like who has the right to tell anyone that they're not Polynesian enough or that they like because they don't do a b c and d that they can't claim their culture um no one has the right to do that and just being in Utah more and being around Pacific Islander youth who have to deal with that a lot more um and seeing the damage that it can cause it just you know fires me up even more to speak up and talk about it and just to believe that anymore like 
who set the standard for being Polynesian? Like, since when was um, being born into that culture and having that blood wasn't enough to be whatever Mm. culture you come from? And no one has the right, whether you were born in Tonga or born in Provo or wherever. Like, it doesn't matter where you're from, um, where you were born, where you were raised, what you know or what you don't know. Like, your blood is your blood. And that makes you uh, Polynesian enough, Tongan enough, whatever culture you come from. That qualifies you to be proud of who you are and where you come from. And to not ever let anybody tell you that you can't claim it because I I just think that's wrong um and then I've just learned that like culture is evolving and it's so different for everyone um and like I just think people who are born and raised in different areas how fortunate they are to learn and embrace an additional culture um and I think part of like being where we are and learning our culture and accepting who we are is taking what we do know and hopefully we're motivated enough to learn more about what we don't know about our culture um Mm -hmm. and then just bringing it together to make the best to make the best decisions of what you can to share that with your family and your children or people around you. Um, Cause I really think that's what it is. If we just take culture for what it is, but we don't progress or change. I think that's a little disappointing and kind of, um, like sad to our ancestors and what they what they established and what they um, worked so hard and sacrificed for us to do. Like, I think the point is for us to be progressing and changing, um, but never forgetting um, those that came before us and the most important parts of our culture. And so I don't know if I answered your question. It's kind of all like, oh, yeah. But that's how I feel about it. And like being at the high school that I'm at now, I see that because a lot of the kids there are part Polynesian or they just haven't been around it. So they don't know. And how can you fault someone for something they don't know? Um, Like we're all just you know, put in different circumstances and everyone's situation is different. But I admire these kids because even though they don't know um, or might not have as much experience as other kids who are around culture all the time, they still want to know and they're still willing to learn. Um, It just might take a little more time for them and it's definitely going to look different. But because it looks different doesn't mean it's less Polynesian than someone else who has culture all the time and has more experience with it. And so I think we can always be a little more understanding and a little more accepting and kind to our Pacific Islanders, no matter what their upbringing is, no matter where they come from, because sometimes it's our people that discourages the learning and the growth (laughs) and we just get in our own way but if we understand that and we accept that and realize okay they might not know as much as I do this is an opportunity for me to help them and we look out for each other like that and help each other like that I think we're gonna see awesome things and it's gonna decrease um, maybe the embarrassment that some of these kids have about claiming their culture because sometimes I see them really want to learn but because someone has told them that they act too white or they're not Polynesian enough they're almost timid and scared 
to try to find out or try to learn and just discourage. So that's really sad to me. But my hope is that we can see everyone for who they are and just accept them. And then if we need to share and help more, that we're willing to lend that hand and support them and help them be comfortable know that, hey, I see you. You might not know as much as I do. You might not have as much experience with culture as I do, but I want you to know that you belong and we want to help you however we can. So those are some of my thoughts on it. Uh, I I think it was important that you shared that because honestly, for myself, I, I, I didn't really, um, I wasn't so understanding about that whole, th- you know, all that stuff <laughs> until I until I came here to Utah. Honestly. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I was, you know, I was I was raised by my parents in Hawaii and back in American Samoa, and I my mom my mom was one who taught that she always said to me and my siblings, if you carry a Samoa name. You better know how to speak someone. And that's my mom. Yeah. You know, that that's my own mother. So and you know, I we grew up in the islands. You know, we're we're surrounded by someone. We're surrounded by people, uh someone people. We're we we do not see much white. We don't see we don't see much of anything else mm-hmm. except for our own kind. So that was my upbringing. And I was always you at bring, bring, I mean, being brought up in the islands, you would, I would always hear things like, "Ovafipalangi," like, "Oh, you wanna, like, you sound white, or <laughs> you look too white, you act white, mm-hmm. or you act black, or you, you, like, white, you know, things like." That's what I hear whenever somebody was improving in <laughs> English. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if somebody if somebody was trying to improve their English. Or improve the way they said a you know a poem or a paragraph <laughs> in school, or even just the way that they dressed. Mm-hmm. You would hear, I you would always hear like, you would always hear you. I, w- I would always hear my friends, and sometimes I would add on to it too. Like, uh, what? Hello, <laughs> what's going on? Are you trying to be white? Are you trying to be black? You know, I was that. I was that type. I never really grasped an understanding for our own people who like yourself who are raised who are born and raised mm-hmm. out here and who don't know much of the language who don't know much of the culture who don't know much of the customs and traditions um or the practices of any of them and it finally it wasn't until i had i think i talked about this with ainsley broom on one of my episodes but it wasn't until i spoke with my coworkers, who are majority of them are tongan <laughs> Where I kind of I kind of said something like, "Well, why doesn't this person know how to speak Tongan? Aren't they Tongan? <laughs> I mean, aren't they full-blooded Tongan? I mean, it's not like they're half Tongan or anything." And and then I and then I added on to that, saying that I really admire parents, Polynesian parents, who really instill in their children the language, especially those parents, because absolutely some because some. I mean, every everyone has a different situation. I, I'm not I'm not judging not anymore, <laughs> but you know it was it, I had that thought like I really admired parents who really instilled in their children their native language because not all Polynesian um people uh, Polynesian people like like me not all of them know how to speak their native tongue yeah. and and. Uh, to me at first it was kind of frustrating and then when I was talking with my coworkers, my coworkers, you know it was an interesting conversation because these are like older mm-hmm. men right and they were you know they from an older person's point of view to my point of view it, it kind of opened my eyes because then they talked more about like well you got to think about it JC you know you were born and raised in the islands you heard the language every day. You spoke the language every day. You had no choice but to speak it and hear <laughs> it. Whereas over here, not all, 
you know, not all parents are, you know, they can speak to them all they want all day when they're home in the native language. But you send them out that door out of the house to go to school, to go to church or whatever it is that they're going to, they're going to hear nothing but English. <laughs> and they're going to speak nothing but English because that's all that's that they're surrounded by. And I never really thought of it that way when they said that. Because, <laughs> you know, I was, before I admit, I was so narrow-minded just because, just because of the setting that I was brought yeah. up in. I mean, Eng- English is my first language. Now, I was very fortunate. I was very fortunate, me and my siblings, I was very fortunate to even learn my native language the way I did because I was we moved to American Samoa back in like early 2001 and I was still young at the time, but you know, we were, we were sent to school. We went to public school and teachers knew little English students knew almost no English. (laughs) So we were, we were forced, we were forced to pick up the language because we heard nothing but someone. So we were forced to pick up the language. We heard it every day and we started speaking it. And that's how I learned my native tongue. Whereas out here, it's the total opposite for most of the youth out mm-hmm. here. And that kind of, that conversation I had with my uh, coworkers, it made me realize that, wow, I never really thought of it that way. And, you know, I, I felt so bad. Like, I, I just, like, I, I felt, um, I don't want to say pity, but like, I just kind of stepped back for a minute and I was like, how could I, how could I be so harsh on my, on my own people when it's a lot of them, it's not even their, it's not, it's not even their fault that they're born and raised out here when, you know, some of these families are first generations um, from the islands coming in to the States to look for a better upbringing and better opportunities for their children for education and careers and whatnot. But it, made me it wasn't until i got to utah that all of what you just said (laughs) if i finally grasped uh some kind of understanding around it so now i am more understanding of it than before whereas i was just like well aren't you talking how come you don't speak tongue you don't i mean even i'm i'm someone and i understand some tongue you don't understand any kind of tongue you know that kind of mentality i'm i'm gone with it but you know, it, it took, it it was an eye-opener <laughs> just to get a perspective of coming from guys who are parents to these children who, some of them, some of them do know how to speak the native tongue, but, but some of them yeah. don't. Uh, but it's, it just made me realize, you know, and I, I had to really think twice again. And because, and also not only that, but I was putting down my own people which wasn't right because that's no way to build up a community. And that was, that was wrong of me, but now my whole view has changed now and I'm all for just trying to build each other up and motivate one another. Like you said, whether you, whether you know more about it than I do, you know, I'm here to help educate you on it. I'm here to, um, teach you I'm here to share it with you you know about your roots where where your last name comes from why your skin is brown or you know all that good stuff yeah but, but I think uh, it's awesome that and you know like we develop the perspective or mindset based on our experiences and what we're surrounded yes. by and how we're how we're taught and how we're brought up and so I just think it's so cool that you, I mean, I've been guilty of it too. Um, but like, I think just the most important thing is that we're, we're willing to learn and see different perspectives and learn different things. And then that we're willing to change and willing to make it work. I think those are the most important things. So that's awesome, Josie. Oh, I agree with you. Um, did did you always want to want to be a teacher for the youth and and teach them about the culture? Um, so 
in high school, I did an internship because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, as I was getting closer to college, I was like, gosh, I guess I better figure out what I want to study. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to do a internship in high school, an elementary teaching internship, because I knew I wanted to do something with kids. I just did not know what. And so I did that internship my junior and senior years of high school and loved it. And so that was when I knew I wanted to go into teaching, but I didn't know or realize that I could incorporate culture into my teaching until that came after college. So when I was at BYU-Hawaii, like that just like sparked my passion for culture even more, being able to be around it so much and see how the Polynesian Cultural Center um, went hand in hand with BYU-Hawaii. And so that like sparked my fire and my interest in like um, helping kids remember culture. Um, But it wasn't until later in my teaching, like a couple years ago, where I was presented with the opportunity to start a People of the Pacific class. And we're so fortunate here in Utah that because there are so many Pacific Islanders, that there are quite a few people um, in the education field that recognize that and recognize that it is important to provide some sort of um, support for Pacific Islander kids. And so a few years ago through UVU, they started the People of the Pacific program to end Um, were trying to get it in as many high schools as they could. Um, But I think the biggest problem they have is that there aren't that many high schools that have someone that could teach it. Um, And talking to the UVU director that kind of overlooks it now, she said that um, in some of their high schools, they've had teachers who aren't Pacific Islanders who have been so willing and wanting to learn about it so that they could provide it for Pacific Islander kids in their high school. Um, And some are successful and some aren't, but she just notices a difference when there is someone who is Pacific Islander. And so Mm -hmm. Provo High, that's where I was teaching before Lone Peak, they wanted to start one of those classes because they saw the positive effect that it was having throughout the state among Polynesian kids who were provided with that opportunity. And Provo High kind of had a negative um, reputation for Pacific Islanders. Um, And the kids there are so amazing, but they just didn't really feel like they belonged or had a place. And so I was fortunate enough to be there and they asked me if I wanted to teach it. And I was like, absolutely. And so I got to teach it. And it was my favorite year of teaching by far. Because I got to watch these kids um, go from just being quiet, um, not feeling like they have ownership in their school or their community. And just the more that they learned about themselves and their culture, their confidence increased and their participation in the school increased. And it was cool to watch them as they walked through their through the halls instead of with their heads down, um, trying to be behind the scenes, trying not to be noticed, walk down with their heads high, um, unified as a group. Um, knowing that they belonged there, that they had a place there, and that they could provide positive perspectives and positive participation um, at Provo High School. And that was my favorite thing about teaching that class, was just watching them kind of grow and develop into these um, smart, 
confident individuals that I always knew that, you know, us Polynesians always knew that they were, but to be able to show it to other people who might have assumed differently of them. And so that's where that kind of all really started and came from. And I'm just grateful for any opportunity that I get to be a part of that because I, I've seen it, I know it works, and I know sometimes our kids just need to know that someone's going to be there having their back looking out for them. And our kids are so smart. They're like geniuses. And I tell them all oh, the yeah. time, you know, because sometimes, you know, you still hear it. And not just when, like, if they're trying to sound different, but if they're trying to do something that's going to better their lives, <laughs> you know, they hear it from some of their Polynesian peers, like, why are you acting white for? And mm. I tell them all the time, I'm like, being smart isn't a white thing. That's a you thing. And so if when you're smart, when you're creative, when you're hardworking, own it. And don't think that you're acting differently. Like, so that's just my favorite part about it. And I just strongly believe the more we know and understand who we are, the more confident we are to reach our potential and try things because we know even if we mess up or fail temporarily that someone's going to have our back and pick up, pick us up and encourage us to get back out there and keep being awesome. So that's how it. I, <laughs> I, I love, I love how you said being smart isn't a white thing. That's a you thing. Yeah. That's definitely going to be a movie. <laughs> oh, no. Definitely sharing that. <laughs> Being smart isn't a white thing. It's a you thing. I love oh, it. Thank you. Um, I love how you say that. I love how you, how you specifically say that to have for these kids to have someone who has their mm-hmm. back. And to me, to me, that's really important for the youth. Um, and not just here in Utah, anywhere here in the States, but also in the Pacific Islands as well, because I feel like so many, so many times, at least where I'm from, these kids, they need to know that there's so much more to life other than just the military, other than just football. <laughs> and that's it. There's so much more out there that, that they, they could live for, that they could learn, that they could just provide for themselves and their family mm-hmm. for and um i'm i'm so glad that you are one of those people um you're an actual teacher um professionally that's around these uh you know these special these kids to teach them and guide them um and also to remind them who they are where they're from and the potential that they have to reach the I mean, the sky is the limit for them. They can Absolutely. do anything, and yes, and it, it's it's this it's these kinds of it's motivators like you that we need more of, and that's why I like to have um, this podcast. I gear it specifically; <laughs> it's for the whole Polynesian community, but I I gladly gear it towards the youth because it's for them. They're growing. They, I feel like they've got so much going on, but they really need to be reminded of their identity and to not be ashamed of it and not to hinder themselves in this world where it's where we're considered a minority. <laughs> because I feel like right now we're not so, I like to say that we're not so much of a minority anymore. I don't like that word for us Polynesians. It's we're all over the place now and there's so many of us doing great things and whenever somebody you know um talks about us being a minority i disagree that we're a minority i to me i don't feel that we are a minority because we're already out here we're already doing things but like you said we have to support each other be there for one another not just the youth but you know from adult to adult too to be there for one another and support each other in whatever it is we're doing and cheer each other yeah. on because that's the only way that this Polynesian community can Absolutely, rise up. Absolutely, I agree. 
Yes. Um. So, Feli, who's got your back? This whole time, this whole time that you've been going to school, earning an education, and now you are a teacher, um, you know, in your profession as a teacher, who's got your back? Oh, man. Um, I think the first people that come off, I mean, that come to mind right off the bat are my family, obviously. Oh, gosh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Girl, you good. If you want to cry, go ahead and cry. My parents have been the best um, support system for me. Um, you know, despite um, not knowing how to do certain things all the time or having to learn and figure out things, especially for my sister and I, cause we were the oldest. Um, now they're experts, but they have just mm-hmm. been there every step of the way um, with whatever I wanted to do or whatever my siblings wanted to do. And even now they're like very much involved and, if I'm ever frustrated or don't know how to do anything, they're always willing to listen and always willing to pick me up when I feel discouraged or have to be reminded, why did I want to be a teacher again? Why did I want to do this? Um, And so I'm just so grateful for them. And like anything that I have going on, they always show up. Um, They come to everything. Um, like, they'll come to my graduations when we don't even have anyone graduating, but they'll show up because they wanted me to know that um, they're still supporting me and st- still cheering me on. Um, or they'll pop in during parent-teacher conference and drop off a treat. Um, just, they're amazing like that. And so, for sure, my family. (laughs) And I'm just grateful that no matter what I do, no matter where I go, I always know that I can always try because my family is always going to be there and always have my back. Um, And then I'm just so blessed to be surrounded by so many amazing people. Um, our church family, our ward family, we grew up here in a Tongan ward here in Provo um, that Lorraine is in and her husband is actually our bishop. <laughs> but like they helped raise my siblings and I. And so anything that we do, they're always there supporting us, um, checking up on us, making sure that we're okay. Um And then even we have so much extended family out here and they always show up. So I'm very fortunate. Um, And then even just like the families of my students, my Polynesian students, they are always showing up, always showing love. If there's ever anything that we need, like everyone's parents are always so willing to show up and give a hand and help however they can so a lot of people have my back and so I'm just grateful to be able to be in the position that I'm in and to not feel alone and to know that whatever it is that I want to do I can do because there's always going to be people there backing me up and supporting me That's beautiful. Uh, I think Lorraine uh, told me a lot of times how nice your parents are. <laughs> I haven't I haven't met them, but I feel like if I was to meet them, they'd just treat me like family too. They would. They're great like that. I and I've definitely learned from watching them how to look out for other people and how to take care of people because they were the best examples to me of that so I'm grateful for that um 
I just wanted to ask you uh, one last okay. question here. For any for anybody uh, for anyone who's Polynesian, what what would you what would you say to them? Um, just like a piece of advice, if if any one of them is planning uh, to start a career in the teaching profession, like what are some words of wisdom you can extend towards them? Right. <laughs> oh, you're oh you good? Uh, I was. I was just asking, I was just asking, like, for any Polynesian out there who's thinking of starting a career in the profession of teaching, um, like, what are some words of wisdom to extend to them? <laughs> um, I would absolutely encourage them <laughs> to do it. Um, because, like you said earlier, we need more Pacific Islanders um, in the education field or just any field, especially where our youth are. Um, and like, I love it. I mean, obviously you have, like, I feel like it's important to make sure that you really love working with kids. I've met so many teachers who it just seems like the point of teaching for them is to make kids' lives miserable. (laughs) Like, why are you teaching? But I mean, I feel like it's absolutely important to make sure that you love kids and that you want to help them and that you're willing to work with them. Um, and then also to just to make sure that, um, like, it's not like, I mean, it's regular, like you can, as long as you have a bachelor's degree, you can obtain a teaching license Um, but education always provides more opportunities to gain more education, um, so that you can earn more money. Um, and so just to like, the only things I would say is make sure you like working with kids and that you're willing to work because there's always something that is going to be required in order to help you or encourage you to be a better teacher, um, so that you just have more tools, um, that you're able to implement different or more effective teaching practices and learning strategies. So as long as you're willing, as you love kids and you're willing to work, then I would say it's absolutely for you and encourage you. And then just tell anyone if I could ever be any kind of help or support to them that I am here to be used. So if there's anything that I can do to help you throughout your journey, I am more than happy to help and encourage um, and mentor however I can. Cause I had that in my own life and it made a world of a difference. So I think that's all I would say. <laughs> I think, I think that's just perfect. I'll tell you why I don't want to be a teacher though. I, I don't want to be a teacher because I was a bad kid. <laughs> that's why I don't want to be a teacher. I know how bad of a kid I was and how bad of a student I was to my teachers and I don't want to deal with myself. <laughs> I don't want to deal with another me if I was amazing. a teacher. So, so it all worked out. Um, <laughs> It's just me in a classroom setting. Just it, it, some something would go wrong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but anyways, Belly, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on this podcast. Uh, for all our listeners out there, in, in case you didn't what? know, we got That's listeners amazing. all the way to New Zealand and Australia. So hopefully, <laughs> yeah. So ho- hopefully, you got some cousins out there that you know might tune in. follow you on instagram or facebook yeah or what, absolutely whatever social media platform um, you're, you're so on. on instagram my name is just felicita ika but i think i have like two or three a's at the end of my name um and then on facebook it's just felicita ika <laughs> but i'm kind of boring my siblings are way cooler than i am <laughs> 
Oh yeah, you're uh what? Yeah, they like are just living our dance dreams in our house. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you never know, they might land a you know, a really cool gig with any one of those celebrity artists on stage. Yeah, that's so true. But where I always tell them, eh, I don't care how many followers you have, I'll still punk you. <laughs> <laughs> anyways thank you so much again for for being on this podcast Uh, i know your time is precious it's graduation week Uh, i'm just so glad that i got to have you on here and you know uh for our listeners out there feel free to reach out to feli if you got any questions about the teaching profession especially for you guys you young and still in high school thinking about maybe um, having a career in teaching Go ahead and reach out to her. She just shared with you guys her Instagram and Facebook. Don't be shy. Feli is someone really cool to chat with. So uh, reach out to her. Check her out on Instagram and Facebook. But Feli, it was a really good session with you today. Uh, may you have yes. a good week Thank ahead you of so you. Much. We're halfway through, right? Yes. We're halfway through. Oh, no. The pleasure was mine. Um. But in the meantime, you awesome. go ahead and do your Thank thing you. and always keep it secchi.